Blog Talk Radio.
I want to welcome everyone to another episode on this Blog Talk platform. This is the Five Sweet Song Network. I want to thank you for your time, brothers and sisters. Oh, that's Juanita Bynum. Saying any crown, any praise, any remote adoration goes to you, Most High. Worthy to receive it all. Isn't that the truth, brothers and sisters? Hmm. What will we be without the Most High? So thankful for His love, His mercy, His kindness. You know, in tonight's show, we hope to come in Yeshua's name. Some of you say Jesus' name. Not on our good merits. The days when we fasted and prayed and all sensitive to the spirit and just tune in to the most high. We don't come in our own name. Or even when we've missed it and just feel like we're just worse than a snail. <laughs> it's not based on our name, brothers and sisters, tonight we're coming to you and more important to the Father, we just dedicate this show to Him. Because truly, any crown, like she's saying, He deserves it. So we present this show in Yeshua's name. We come in His name, not in our own efforts. I mean that, brothers and sisters. Uh, life is too short, you know. I uh, probably at some point was trying to build my own little sometime. And maybe every once in a while I still get into that vanity. But only what you do for the Most High Yah is truly going to last. And we don't know when it's our last day, our last moment, our last breath. And I try my best. I ain't going to even say I try my best. I try. Some days it's my best, though. To present quality shows to you. To bring present quality people to you uh, that know things for sure and that's willing to talk about it in a spirit that would be bearable and receivable and that's what this network is all about brothers and sisters just trying to reach first and foremost the Israelites the people of the Bible and then to the world Scripture says it like this, salvation to the Jew first and then the Gentiles. So again, you tune into the Five Suits on Network. I'm Brother Seth. We're going to have on shortly Brother Elishua, who is going to be talking tonight about church history. Wow. The origin of it. How did it all start? What does it mean? How does it affect how we worship today? The name of the show is called The Origin of the Ecclesia slash Church of Yahweh. And Brother Ellis Short, his show description said, Tuesday night, show description, the origin of the Ecclesia, which means church, slash Church of Yahweh. Did it begin in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, or did the church begin with the children of Israel? 
is the church in the book of Acts multicultural? Multi-cult- if I can talk, one more, let's try it again. Is the church in the book of Acts multiracial, as Christianity suggests, or was it predominantly Israelites? Let's talk about it with Elisha Ellison, a.k.a. Brother Gary Ellison. We're going to start putting his name out there if he don't mind, because a lot of people know him by that name and would love to hear what he's given. A lot of times when we use our Hebrew names, we lose a lot of people. So, hope, Brother Ellison, let me know if you like that correction. Not correction, but addition. I can take it off. Again, let's talk about it with Elishua, a.k.a. Gary Ellison, Monday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Folks, that's the show you got. If you got that show by accident, uh, you probably want to leave because that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to stay hopefully on topic tonight. Sometimes Spirit has a different uh, way of doing things, but... I'm thankful for the brother tonight. He is going to be moderated. Uh, his moderator is going to be Cecilia Eliana Badia. Y'all won't hear from Brother Seth tonight. Thank God for that. I'll be doing the soundboards. Uh, and while I'm speaking of sound, those of you that want to get in on the action, want to comment on what you're hearing, please, please, please press 1 if you're on the phone line. Now, if you're listening online and you say, man, ooh, I want to comment or I have a question, remember you've got to call the phone number in order to do that, okay? So call that number right in front of you. Should be, You should have a promo in front of you, real nice promo. I work hard to get these things out. 914-205-5590. One more time, that number right in front of you, 914-205-5590. All right? Uh, brothers and sisters, I'll be turning this over to uh, Sister Eliana here in a second, but I just want to just remind everybody what the intentions of talking about the church is all about, at least from my standpoint. Now, these are grown people. They're led by the Spirit, and the Spirit is, is in charge, not Brother Seth. I'm the char- I'm, yes, I'm the founder of the network and all of that, but I try my best to let the Spirit lead. And um, uh, I won't really interrupt that unless I just feel like it's taking us to a course outside of the mission of what I feel like I'm called to do. But in most cases, I don't say I don't. I let things just go because I don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing half the time, and I should. That's just that's just the truth, folks. I mean, do any of us? So um, the aim of the show is first and foremost aimed at the Israelites. That's African Americans. One of the lost, they are one of the lost tribes of Israel. This show is aimed for them, uh, addressing their pain, addressing their uh, ignorance if they don't know something or, 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 or tweaking the word they already know. It's, to, it's for their edification. It's for their support. It's for their, uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was given to us to comfort us. These shows are for their comfort, for their helping. And, and also in Second uh, Timothy 3.16, it talks about the word given for instruction and in righteousness, for rebuke. All these things is what we're trying to accomplish on this show for the Israelites, for rebuke, for instruction and in righteousness, for encouragement over and over and over. Hopefully, we do a good job of encouraging you to go on and, and you can make it and despite what we face as a nation. That's what this show is aiming at. That's the bullseye. However, everybody, all ethnic groups, you're sorely, so, so, so invited to listen and learn because you're dealing with these people. And you want to be blessed. The Bible said, those that bless you, I'll bless. And those that curse you, I will curse. So you're definitely invited. You're definitely invited. As we play our anthem in the background, five smooth stones, 
again, this is Brother Seth, the creator of this network, saying please do not feel like an outsider. You're invited to learn more about us as a people and what the Most High, your God, is doing in the earth. Because you will not understand the Bible, which is about our people, if you don't understand us. All right? And those of you that feel like, you know, we're outside of salvation and we're talking too much about the flesh, please listen careful because that's the, we're, you're, ex, you're an extreme from where we're at. Of course, this is about Christ and the Father and His, and His, and His, His leading of the Holy Spirit, which is going to keep all of His laws. So, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Sister Eliana Batya. And uh, again, thank you for coming to the Five Stone Network, Sister Eliana Batya. Your line is now open. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Show us in your hand. All right. Well, welcome and good evening, everyone. May the Most High be with you. Tonight we are going to be hearing from our host that's going to be um, teaching us about and talking about the history of the church. I, I am your sister, Eliana Batya, and uh, I am a moray, a teacher of the Hebrew wisdom here in the Central Valley of California, Merced County, and um, I can be reached at uh, eliana.batya.com. 26 at gmail.com and I want to go ahead and open up the floor tonight to our brother Elishua Israel okay brother Elishua and your line is now open brother go said shalom 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 everyone um, again it's always a blessing to have the opportunity to come before the Israel of God and speak forth the oracles of God. We call it Elohim. We refer to okay, Elohim. Sure. Elohim. Uh, yes, sir. There's a lot of noise on your line, brother. Can you okay, tell and I was going to do that because I, I, I was going to actually ask you, I wanted to get the introduction real quick, but um, I'm using two different set of headphones, and I actually didn't get the time to do a book of um, sound yeah. check. So if, if this particular set of headphones, this headset, if it sounds... Noisy aesthetic, let me know and I'll change it. Absolutely, it does. Trust me, when you hear these shows back, you're going to hear the door that clam, you hear the person that's talking, you're going to hear the echo. And just, we just want that quality sound. I don't know what you need to do, but okay. uh, why don't I go to Brother John and get the other co host on? I'll come back to you since it's your show, okay? Okay. Okay, All do right. that. Thank you. All right, moderator, is that okay with you? I'm just going to go over and open up to go to the other co-hosts in the house and then go back to him. Is that okay? Absolutely. Let's bring Brother John on. Okay, Brother John, your line is open. Brother, hello. Uh, Shalom, say hello to the people. Hey, Brother Seth. Hey, Sister Eliana. Um, hello. Hope everyone's doing good. And um, I'm just sitting by, listening in for the most part, um, and we'll you know, comment as I deem necessary. Okay, All brother. Right. Well, thank, you. thank you. Going back to the phone lines, we have the one and only uh, brother Kenwin Casaberry. Your line is open, brother. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Your line is now open. Shalom, shalom, family. Good to be in. Um, uh, you can reach me at uh, Waking Up Israel Radio Show. I'll go by Micah Israel. Uh, it's good to be in and participate with you guys. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Okay, going back to the phone lines, all with the state of Ohio, we have our another brother, 
Uh, Brother Purcell Porsche, he's in the house. Brother Purcell, welcome. Shalom, brother. Say hello to the people. Praise the Lord, everybody. We bring you Praise the Lord, brother. Thought Life Kingdom Ministries. Uh, we're excited about the show. Uh, you can reach us at Instagram, Thought Life Ministry. Um, you could also meet us meet uh, meet us on the Five Smooth Stones Network on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, there you go. And we got my beautiful wife in the house tonight. I just want you all to know we out here on the grind, but uh, my wife is on the, is out here on the grind with me, and we uh, uh, are together. So, well, well, say hello to Sister Irene uh, Porsche, uh, Porsche from for us on behalf of the Five Stone Network. Welcome, Sister. Good to uh, know you're in the house. Going to go back to LSU, Brother Purcell. Thank you for that introduction. All right. Let's try Brother uh, uh, our host, who's going to be um, the speaker for tonight, Brother LSU. Hopefully his line is quiet by now. Brother LSU, your line is now open. Go right here, Brother. Okay, thank you all. Sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. Uh, as I was going to state, is this first hello, hello to everyone, hello to all of the uh, host, co-host on the show. Um, I think I heard Purcell. What's going on, bro? What's up, fam? Uh, I think I know Sister uh, Eliana is there, and yeah. uh, I don't, and I, and I know John is in is in the house. I don't know if I heard Pastor Chris's voice, though. Is Pastor Chris on? No, Pastor yeah, Brother Chris Cal- is not on. Okay, Pastor yeah, but- Chris is not on. Oh. oh, wow. Okay, he'll have to archive this show. I really would have liked to have heard the show. Okay. I'll reach out to him again, but I called him three times, Brother, and that's, that's a bit much. So, But I can try again because, you know, okay. I don't know what to say. But let me try Let me try him again. Matter of fact, let's do something. Let's do something that we did last week, everybody. If you don't mind, that'll show y'all let me know because, again, it's y'all's show. But, um, okay. I'm going to call him um, with y'all on the line. It's nice to use that. It'll be a nice little something different we'll do. So just hold on, everybody, real quick. We'll make this super, super fast. And, again, you turn to the Five Smooth Stone Network, everybody. Okay. Here. And we're reaching out to, again, Pastor Chris of Alathia Temple this time. And it should start ringing any second. All right, while we're waiting on this this phone line to to, to wait on Pastor Chris to pick up, I just want to remind everybody again, if you're on the phone lines, because some of you just now tuning in, I see you coming in. If you're on the phone lines and you have a question, uh, remember, you got to press 1 and we'll bring you on. It's not a problem, all right? Uh, let's see if we can get a... Pastor okay. Chris? Uh, all right, go ahead, Brother LSU. I'm not, he's not answering, so go ahead. Okay, no problem, I, no problem. Okay. Let's let's begin. And Sister Alana, if you would, could you uh, open us up for prayer, please? Yes, absolutely. 
Most High, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor due to your holy, matchless, and undefeated name. We thank you that your presence and your Ruach would be among us as we go forth, as our brother goes forth in his teaching tonight, that it would be salt and light, and that it would touch the hearts of all who are listening, as well as our co-hosts. We thank you for clarity. We thank you for understanding. And we thank you most of all that you will draw us into your presence by your Ruach. In the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we say hallelujah, hallelujah, and amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Elena. Thank you so much. Well, to begin tonight, we're going to first begin what my intention was and what we'll be doing on Five Smooth Stones on Monday night. We will always be addressing issues that have to do with the church, church history, uh, the uh, Israel and the church, or issues that deal pertain specifically to Israel. Uh, my intent tonight was to deal historically with the church and and because tradition tells us that the church began on the day of Pentecost as recorded in the book of Acts when they were all filled with the spirit. Um, however, uh, I'm going to read a verse of scripture in Genesis chapter 28, and then we'll go to the first mention of the church in the New Testament spoken through the words of HaMashiach and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 in reference to his church because what we have in re- that in the church in its beginning as you will find here and I'll read this first verse Genesis chapter 28 and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 3 and listen very closely to the words because you'll find something here to, that's amazing because I said, tradition believes that church began 2,000 years as far as the church of God, the church of Christ, 2,000 years. And that is historically incorrect, 2,000 years ago, I'm sorry, and that is historically incorrect. Genesis chapter 28, verse 1, and it reads, And Isaac called Jacob, or Yaakov, and blessed him, and changed him, and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Pandan around to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence thee of the daughters of Levin, thy mother's brother. And God, Elohim Almighty, bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. Thou may be as a multitude of people. Now, that word right there, multitude, means assembly. It's where... The Greeks, when they translate the word ecclesia, the root word from which ecclesia comes from, and as we're going to find out, that the word ecclesia is the word that the Messiah used when he said, speaking in regards to his church. So the word church is an English word, and the English word is translated from the Greek word, which means ecclesia, and it means the assembly are the called out one. And when you look at this verse of scripture right here in Genesis 28 and 3, that word literally means assembly. Interesting. Interesting. And at this point, I'm going to do some. I usually don't be going before I even go on further. John, you're on the line, sir. You tuned in? Uh-huh. 
Oh, Mr. Clark? Sorry, I was muted. I'm here. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, you and I were having a discussion about um, the assembly, uh, the, the first assembly in Israel in regard to that. Could you just expound a little bit on that for us, please? Um, I believe what all that was being stated is that uh, the first called out assembly would have been the children of Israel being called out of Egypt and they wandered in initially in the wilderness and that was considered a called out assembly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you heard him just said that when that, when that, when the assembly was called out, that's literally what it means. And if you right now and go look up, you will see church, uh, the Greek word ekklesia, and that Greek word means assembly. And contrary to most people's beliefs, it's not a quote-unquote per se religious assembly. It's just a called-out people, an assembly of people, an ecclesia, if you will, those who have called out. And in the case of Israelites at that time, they had been called out of Egypt. And what we see in Jacob, when the uh, Most High is speaking to Jacob, uh, the angel, is that we see a more clarification of actually what the Most High told Abraham. Now, my intent today was we were going to go from there and deal with scriptures that highlight this issue throughout the Old Testament. However, as I began to set forth to put this together, I couldn't get clearance. And literally, I was informed by the Ruach Kadesh, the Holy Spirit, that says, before you move any further, you have to deal with the elephant in the room. And we're about to go there. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And uh, actually, we're going to start at the beginning. Chapter 16, verse 18. Okay. I lost my place here, my thing. I'm there. Start with verse 13. When Yahweh shot, I like to say when Yeshua, so therefore I have to go back and forth between Jesus and the Hebrew name. I'm going to use the name Yeshua, and most Christians who are listening to me, they recognize that as the Hebrew name of whom the English Bibles translate to be Jesus Christ. So when Yeshua came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Check that term. That term Christ means Messiah. And when Peter makes reference to the Messiah, this is not a new thing in Judea, but a very old thing, a thing that has actually taken on a, a, a reality, a relevance, more than just a concept throughout Israelite history. Many of you have heard about the Maccabees. Well, if you read the history of the Maccabees, you will realize that Yahawashad, or Jesus the Christ, Yeshua, was not the first person to claim to be the Messiah of Israel. So therefore, he was not the first person to utilize the term HaMashiach which means Messiah, 
translated into English. Actually, they translated it from the Christo, from the Greek, and it's Christ. And we'll see how significant that is as we move further. And so the gates, and he says, and he says, Simon Jonah, let's have enough blood to reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Thou Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the, kingdom, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed, on, loosed in heaven. Now, let's roll right over to Acts real quick. Acts chapter chapter 8, I mean, sorry, chapter 1, let me start with verse 6. It says, when they four came together, come together, they asked him, this is the apostle disciples, they are speaking to the Messiah after his ascension from the grave. Uh, rather, I'm sorry, his resurrection from the grave. And ask him, saying, Lord, what will thou at this time, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you should receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you should be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the othermost part of of the earth. So the disciples asked him, will you at this time restore unto us the kingdom? What they had at this time at mind, will we now rise up and overthrow Rome and kick them out and retain Judah? That's literally what he's asking. Now, if we will, let's roll over to the next chapter, chapter 2. And this is the famous chapter. Uh, oh, I went to. I'm sorry, I skipped. And this is the chapter which the traditional belief is in the Western world and basically most all of Christianity where the church began. Well, as I just clarified to you, and we will definitely go into more detail on that in the forthcoming show out of Genesis that the church didn't begin there. But what we have here is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And according to the Messiah's words, they were asking him about the kingdom. And how he responded, he says, go you into the upper room, and there you will be doing power. So what we have here is the inauguration of the imperial viceroy of the kingdom of God, and that is the Ruach Kadesh, the Holy Spirit. Because that is the kingdom. It's the king with dominion. Yahashat is the king, and he has dominion over us. And that's why I always say, how you can have a king, how you can you have a kingdom without laws. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were full one caught in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. Uh, there I go that word multitude again. 
and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? And that's what gets us off, that we have assembled here a multiplicity of various ethnicities of a people from around the world are Mesopotamia. But all these people who are gathered together on this historic sacred event are actually Israelites throughout the Mediterranean diaspora. So when they say that we hear a man speaking in our tongue, in other words, our ethnicity is Israel, where we were born in these different various places. And in the places where we were born, we hear people here in Jerusalem speaking their language, that language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how were we every man in our own tongue where we were born? Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Figra, Polyphia, and in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes. And right there in that sentence, right there, that verse, Acts chapter 2.11 is an indication that the only people who were present who were not of Israelite stock, who were not of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, were those people who were referred to proselytes. We've covered this in a previous show, but for all y'all cluing in, there's no such thing as a biblical Jewish person. What they imply by Jewish are people who have converted to the religion of Judaism. So right here, when you say proselytes, what these are people are people who have come into the covenant, as the scripture references about the stranger among you. And when you read in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you see the certain the certain prerequisites that are recumbent upon those proselytes who come into the covenant. So what we have here are people from all around, and people believe, and we're going to walk through the book of Acts. So now before I go, and this is the, and before we move forward, and John, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say because I'm going to need you to respond on that, and then we're going to open up for questions, and then we'll go into the second part of the show. <clears throat> and that is this. The elephant in the room and there's no way we can be discussing church history beginning with what we would call recent church history as in the origin of what most considered to be the church. And that is in the first century after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Yeshua HaMashiach. And from there on, something happened. And that which was called the way the church took on the identity of another religion that was existent and is actually was more popular than the way at the time. And now we refer ourselves to that, and that's called Christians. So for clarification persons tonight, so that there not be any confusion as to who I am speaking to or what religion I'm speaking of. And when I speak of religion, I am not making this personal and speaking of people. 
Now, if you happen to believe and you're in the religion, that's because that's what makes you a religion, that you are a believer of what that religion teaches and preaches and promotes and what the doctrines that they hold to be true. So with that saying, to give a clarification of what I'm speaking on tonight, I'm going to read from, from a book. So it happens the person who authors the book is the one who's reading the book. So we're not committing any plagiarism or doing anything without copyright. Uh, and I'm going to begin with this. And then, John, I'm going to have you to respond to, to, to what I've said. And then we'll open up questions for the audience, for the co-host and for the audience. When I speak of Christianity, I speak regarding a majority segment of Christianity I refer to as pop Christianity. The term pop Christianity and the phrase pop Christianity is borrowed from the music industry. The various expressions in the music industry are categorized by genres. The genre that attracts the greatest amount of radio airplay, therefore making it the most profitable, is what is considered pop music with crossover appeal. Pop music, by definition of the criteria of popularity, of course, produces the most hits. Hits are songs that sell the most copies. Crossover music describes music, therefore making it pop. Crossover music describes music that is elected, fused with classical musical influences, with its own unique expression. From the recording industry perspective, pop music with crossover appeal crosses over the various genres appealing to listeners who favor artists who make music with the objective and motive of universal expression and universal appeal, not necessarily the objective of producing art. The record industry's objective being the increased radio play and increased profit. In general, contemporary pop music and pop artists seldom ever create socially relevant art that becomes the contribution which enhances the natural culture. To the contrary, contemporary pop music we rarely to the to the culture pop music more than not debases the culture because it is market driven and commercially oriented. Greed. Music that is socially conscious Mentally enlightening, politically informed, and spiritually oriented is perceived by record label executives and record managers to be unpopular, therefore unprofitable. And we know who's pulling the strings in the music industry and who dictates what gets produced and not produced. It is those who basically have declared themselves to be our enemies, the synagogue of Satan. So just as pop music is created and edited in such a way as to appeal to the masses, not enrich the culture. Likewise, so is pop evangelical Christianity. Evangelical Christianity seeks to draw constituents by appealing to the carnal proclivities and sensibilities rather than confronting them. Everything within the spectrum of pop evangelical Christianity, from the core foundational doctrines, Ella sure we lost you. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, oh, you lost me for a second. Okay. Sorry. Everything yeah, within the spectrum of pop evangelical Christianity, from the core foundational doctrines to the music expression of the gospel, are designed and formulated in a way is not to offend. 
the liturgy is not meant to be morally challenging or socially obligated. It is, however, purposely created to be politically correct, socially gratifying, and self-exalting. In addition, pop evangelical Christianity is void of spiritual edification that is oriented in biblical truth. As well, authentic worship oriented in the expression of the Holy Spirit and not entertainment. Worship services in seeker-friendly churches are designed to entertain and have a cross-generational, cross-cultural appeal. So-called friendly seeker churches epitomize the social, cultural, and pseudo-spiritual expression of pop evangelical Christianity. Seeker-friendly churches' main objective is to attract members by purposely and intentionally avoiding, doing, or saying anything that anyway might offend potential seekers. Many mainline denominational and non-denominational churches would deny they are seeker-friendly churches because the changes in their ministries was not the result of a conscious decision. Hmm. Says many will fall away, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The changes came subtly through the desire to be relevant to the culture. Subjecting doctrines such as repentance from sin, the blood sacrifice of Christ, social responsibility, and social ju- justice are avoided at all costs. This method of church growth is utilized even at the expense of the integrity of the scriptures. God's kingdom, God's laws is recorded in the Hebrew scriptures of the Bible. Just as pop music is the greatest selling genre in the music industry because of its mass appeal, currently so is popular evangelical Christianity, the most popular and appealing expression of Christianity in in America, the Western world, and in parts of Africa and Asia. The world has become drunk with the wine of Christ, pop Christianity's fornication. Now, so that we be clear from here on out, every time I use the word Christian, this is who I'm making a reference to. So if you don't fit that, don't get offended. But I want to spend 30 minutes after, as we get towards the end of the show discussing this issue of Christianity Are we attacking people No we're not So you just heard me Let me finish and then I'm going to turn it over for John's response And for this I got to go to a scripture from the scripture And I'll read it, you have to turn to it but I'll tell you, it's 2 Corinthians Chapter 11 I'm going to read verses 13 to 15 For such are false apostles Deceitful workers Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ Did y'all just hear me We're talking about the servants of Satan right now. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Apostles of Christ. So this is not happening in a different religion. This is happening within the kingdom. False apostles. And the apostles whom 
the New Testament consists of two-thirds of his epistles of his writings and whom the orientation of New Testament churches are in, not necessarily oriented within Yahawashat as they claim to be the main figure, because there's no way that your church can be oriented in the person, the ministry, and divinity of Yahawashat, Hamashat, Jesus the Christ, and you somehow want to connect, disconnect yourself from Israel. For even the scriptures declare that salvation is of the Jews. And he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So when Kanye West said we are the 12 tribes of Israel, Christ's blood, that's what he's saying. And as, you, as, you, as I've covered thus far, we realize that as it was in Genesis, as it was in the Gospels, the church, the ecclesia, did not begin as a diverse, multicultural, multi-ethnic ecclesia assembly. No, it was Israel. It was Israel. Read this damn turnover, John. Last part, Johnson here. Music art, especially during the most trying times of national tragedies, tragedies war, social, and civil unrest in America has reflected the expressions, attitudes of the citizenry. Like the times of civil rights struggle. Say it loud. Mm-hmm. I'm black and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. All that music, we go back and we can hear it. That's what Public Enemy was doing until the synagogue of Satan took over the rap music. That's what Public Enemy was doing. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Fear of a black planet. Their music was socially conscious. Let's go back and look at the churches in the 60s. The civil rights movement was not headed by politicians. The civil rights movement were headed by men of God who were pastors of churches. Well, from George Floyd all the way back, now where y'all at? Where y'all go? Y'all, anybody seen the church lately? Hmm? Anybody seen the church have any type of commentary, any type of injection, any type of prophetic, visionary clarity in regards to the things that we're experiencing? No. Remember what I'm talking about. So now, because of movies and videos, via television and the Internet, artists now have a worldwide platform to disseminate their perverted version of gospel reality. Artists are now from the orientation of their various ideologies and values dictating social reality with their so-called art rather than reflecting it. This would not be so bad if the artist's basic worldview were informed by morality, truth, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and most importantly, a consciousness of God. Many contemporary record artists, especially in pop and hip-hop, are in some form or another, and to various degrees, the culture, apostles of humanism and Satanism. Jay-Z, Satan worship. Yancey, his wife, Satan worshiper. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Mostly all of these people who now are the major stars in hip-hop are not Satan worshipers by people's speculation but confess Satan, Satan worshipers. Chris Brown, Satan worshiper. And you just heard what the scripture it says that we have this same type of thing going on within the kingdom. 
because Satan has sent forth ministers as apostles of Christ. And what do apostles, what are their main objective? People think it means to set up and start churches. But the main purpose of an apostle begins with the issue of doctrine. They're sent forth to declare and decree that which the one who sent them has decision. That's what it is. Okay, now, last portion, then we're going to John. Um, the sending ideology and vows is dictating sociality rather than so-called, rather than reflecting. That would not be so bad if the, okay, in various, if the artists were informed by morality, truth, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and most importantly, a custom from God. Most contemporary artists, especially in pop and hip art and sometimes Satan worshipers, Likewise, the merchants of pop Christianity are apostles of humanism, teaching the traditions of men as doctrines of Elohim, which is now becoming the catalyst of church apostasy. And for those who may not understand what the word apostasy, it means the great falling away that Paul prophesied about, how people will begin to exit the church. Is that not happening? Is that not what Brother Purcell was discussing last Thursday? of how certain people don't even step foot in the church now because the church is going through a thing called apostasy. And so like the serpent in the garden, they are enticing believers to feed from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than the tree of life. Christ the living word, the kingdom of God, beguiling the seed teachers and preachers and pastors in many Christian fellowships are now teaching doctrines inspired by demons. Disguising themselves as ministers of righteousness, these false apostles, the chief opponents of evangelical Christianity, are arch advocates and sponsors of Zionism, the subjects of Satan, synagogue of Satan, Christian televangelists in particular because of the lack of ecclesiastical accountability. And this is why the church is in the state it is, because pastors, evangelists, Ministers via the internet and via the media, YouTube or what have you, none of them anymore have any accountability. Whenever someone falls in the body of Christ, or whenever someone begins to teach false doctrines, there is no apostles that rise up in defense of the truth. And that is a major problem, a major problem. Because you're supposed to be the watchman on the wall, watching over the flock. So instead of pastors intently from an apologetic, a defense of the gospel, addressing false doctrine, now it seems that everyone seems to, because they want to be popular, they want a large fellowship, a large following, we just acquiesce to it. So the end result is televangelists are able through the media to disseminate information unhindered or unopposed by critical thinking voices. The doctrinal beliefs espoused by televangelists have now become the accepted form of truth by their large body of views. Consequently, many pastors, in an effort to become or stay popular and maintain relevancy among their congregants, have become parents of televangelist preaching and teaching. That's how the gospel of prosperity became 
so popular because the people who were promoting it had at their disposal a resources that many preachers prior to then who were preaching, again, another false gospel because they're not the first ones who started teaching it, but now they had the platform of television network broadcast. And that's why it's low. Brother John? I'm here. The clock, are you on mute? Okay. Yep, I was. <laughs> and, and I'm sure Seth was pleased with that. <laughs> so what did you want me to, to, how did you want me to approach this? Starting as you see the parallel between the two. You're coming as an MC. You know, that used to be your world. You were a master out there doing your thing. And as you see the way music went, do you see the same parallel in regards to, quote, unquote, evangelical Christianity? Uh, well, the, actually, I would actually go backwards and say it was happening with evangelical Christianity first. Um, it, it, as far as I can see, now, obviously, I think everyone has to realize that at the point in time that you're born, life has already been going on, but you're just coming into a knowledge of music. I was born in 68, and I can remember the different music that was being played at the various times that my mom may have picked up this, that, or the other. Um, and I didn't know anything about, quote, unquote, evangelical Christianity or that there were different denominations or anything like that. However, over time, what became readily apparent, especially once I gave my life to God by way of the blood of the, the Mashiach, was the fact that I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, why no one ever preaches this? These these concepts that were in the Bible, I, I, I have been listening to preachers my entire life forced into church <laughs> by those older than me I, I was i hated church you guys have heard me testify about it before i hated church i felt like there was no place for a child to be a child should be out playing and having fun and this this was a lesson in futility sunday school and all um but as i began to read the bible i would come across scriptures such as the world will hate you because they hated me but then i'd look and be like i don't see anyone hating christians quote unquote I didn't see it. Why is that? It didn't make sense. It's like they will hate you because they hated me, and I'm your Lord, and so you can expect this. But I didn't see it. And so it's one of those scriptures that you just have to go ahead and keep reading because you, now I don't understand it. Well, now I understand it now. It's it's apparent now. And uh, as Elishua stated, you have a church that, unfortunately, is being directed by what I would consider to be false prophets. Now, keep in mind, not all of them, not all of them. <clears throat> Normally, the smaller they, the church is, the more you're likely to get the truth. The larger the church is, it seems like that was when the issue becomes an issue, um, and, again, it's not even talking about all large churches. But at the end of the day, we spoke about this before a week or so ago, the notion of a false prophet. The false prophet 
is not the prophet of Baal. It's not uh, a prophet of Satan or a prophet of Chemosh or, or Astra. Those are prophets of their respective named, quote-unquote, deities. A prophet that's a false prophet is actually a prophet of God, the Most High God, except that, that that's the name that they claim, but they do not speak the word of God. They speak something other than, such as the prophets that would say to the king, you're going to go up against this particular group of people and you're going to flourish and and I saw Israel mighty and victorious and so on and so forth. And um, that's not what God had told them. Um, God, they're telling the people of Israel that Israel is doing well. They will not be going into captivity. They will, they will be breaking the yokes of bondage, so on and so forth. And God would tell, would tell the next prophet that's not what he told them. You all have turned your backs on me, and I will turn my back on you. You will assuredly go into bondage, be it the Assyrian captivity or the Babylonian captivity, whatever the case may be. He would let them know plainly uh, what's taking place, but that's not what the prophets would say. They would say the things that would be of benefit to the king. No one wants to be under the rulership of a king that's about to send the whole nation into captivity. You would likely want to revolt. So the king would make certain that these prophets are on their on the government's payroll. They would eat at the table of the king. Think about that, folks. Think about the the purported division of church and state. And so if there's a division of church and state, why does the state need to have a 501c3 for the church? It seems very good on the front end uh, that it's a nonprofit, and so they're going to not have the same burden of taxes that a regular company would. But at the same time, if you are receiving this benefit, and it's going to be removed if you are not saying the things that are beneficial for the state, then you are basically being uh, forced into compliance to keep your livelihood in place. And people will do almost anything to keep their livelihood in place. If, you don't, if you're not a person of integrity, what would you not do to keep your livelihood in place? And so that's what we find. We find people who give a rose-colored rendition of what's actually taking place because that's what's accepted in popular culture. It appeals to popular culture. No one wants to think about their daughter going to hell. Let's just say. I'm just throwing something out there based on the uh, fire and brimstone preachers of, of the days of yore back in the day. No one, would, no one wants to hear that, but it's something that needs to be heard if that's the road that your daughter is on or that you are on or that your son is on. You want someone to stand and tell it like it is to give you the ability to make an informed decision. If you do not have the ability to make an informed decision and you base that on the fact that th there's no law, there's no sin, there's nothing but grace, the, the, the gospel of inclusion, we are all getting in, 
you have no reason to turn from your wicked way, quote unquote. Um, I'll leave it at Absolutely. that. Brother L, push it back Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Um, John, just a uh, note to you, if you would, uh, during the break, which we're about to come into, uh, would you please, if you could, locate that scripture where Paul gives a warning to the church of what's going to take place in the event of his departure? Okay. How that these? Okay, I appreciate that, uh, Sister okay. Eliana, Eliana, Queen. Yes, sir. Uh, you can you can now direct our question and answers uh, to the host and to any of their calls that are online. And remember, as one of the co-hosts, let's not forget that Seth, even though he's manning the boards, he is still a co-host, so he definitely gets a voice in this conversation. Back to you, Sister uh- Eliana. <laughs> All right. Well, we do want to acknowledge that Pastor Chris is in the in the house with us tonight, and so we'd like for Pastor in the Chris house. to say something. Hello, Pastor Chris. Please introduce yourself. Take the mute off, Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, take the mute off. We'll come back to Pastor Chris. Go ahead. All righty. So we want at this time, if any other co-hosts would like to add something uh, on anything that was said tonight, we'd like for them to take a moment, and then we would like to see if we have anyone in the chat. I have been chatting with someone who seems to be very enlightened. Um, however, uh, if anyone in the, in the that is online right now on the phone lines would like to to uh, have a, a comment, this is your opportunity to do so. Sister Eliana, did you want to use yes. the time or line? Uh, not at this time, but um, when after we have any comments, then we can take a short break. I'll, I'll turn it back to you to do the break and maybe do like a little music segment, and then uh, we'll come to the second part because uh, oh. she was mentioned the second part. Okay. All right. Well, just I'll just say this, and I know you didn't, but since I'm on the board, so I want to be thinking about getting mine in, my comment in. I'll just do it yes. go first. Yeah. I, um, okay. It's unfortunate, uh, Ella Shore, that what you're saying is true. A lot of what Ella Shore is saying is true. It's, it's really sad, actually, to know that that the church has dwindled in power and and in allegiance to the Most High and and allegiance to to the people, and allegiance to the uh, doctrine. It really is. So pay attention to this show, brothers and sisters, and really hear what he's saying, because I really believe what he's saying is true. Now, look at the clock, because I know how. All right. Here's my concerns. Uh, uh, First of all, I can't say who worshiped Satan or who worshiped the Father. I just ain't going to do it. Because if you catch me on certain days, certain times of the day, you swear I worship Satan. Things I struggle with, if you saw me in the act, you say that nigga ain't saved. So having said that, I'm very <laughs> cautious as to <laughs> having, <laughs> having said that, having said that, I'm very careful who I put in the kingdom, who I don't put in the kingdom. 
Now, I do these shows, and I love the Most High Yah, and I pray, and I cry out to him all the time, but I struggle with some things. So let me just say this about the church. LSU, again, you have to be careful with what he's saying, because a lot of what he's saying is right. So uh, I'm glad for those churches that have pastors like me that they fall. They fall, but they get up, they go out, they witness, they share, they have, they lay hands on the sick, and they do recover, some of them. They bless the people. They give money away. I received thousands of dollars from churches. Early on when I was ignorant and not a very good Christian, I had churches to give me thousands of dollars. Not at one time, but I mean, I just, I was trying but I needed help. And I thank the Father for those churches that was made a difference. I thank those fathers, those that had a white image up. Yes, they did. They had white images all over the church. But they loved the Father. They're just ignorant. LSU was right. A lot of them was in Constantine Christianity. But they didn't know. And they showed me the love of Christ. And they produced the set that I am today. Was I hurt by the Constantine Christianity? All the things that LSU is saying is in the church? Absolutely. That's why we need to hear him. But I am so thankful for those churches that are preaching about marriages, that are preaching about this and that and the other. Have, they're trying to be accountable with their ignorant selves. They're trying with their ignorant selves. But they're trying with their ignorant selves. That's my comment. Sister Eliana. Yes. Uh, Before we go to break, can I comment on what Brother Seth stated? Yes, please. It will be. I'll make sure it's short. Um, Brother Seth, I think that there is a big difference between someone who is drawn away by the lust of the flesh and at whatever given time gives into fleshly desires, as opposed to someone who purposely chooses the worship of the entity of Lucifer for the expressed purpose of wealth, popularity, position. And unfortunately, and sometimes, uh, in some instances, um, influence within the church. There's a difference. There are people who do things that when you look at it, you may say he's not saved, but you wouldn't say that he worships Satan. There's a there's a distinct difference. A person who worships Satan, they give the symbolism that was expressed to them in their secret meetings. This is how you communicate one amongst another. And so I think that that needs to be brought out. It's just not that a person has fallen, because if that's all it was, then I'm a Luciferian too. Because I absolutely have all of my skeletons lined up neatly in the closet, <laughs> neatly. And so, but the thing is that I fight them daily. I fight back Amen. daily. A person Amen. who worships Lucifer, be they knowing or unknowingly, because it's a, it's a deception when they first start out with many people, that you don't know, but at some point in time you know 
I am saying, in the, in, like LSU said some time ago, in the same way we say, Father, I thank you and I worship you, they are actually saying, Satan, I thank you and I worship you and I adore you. They're, they're saying it just like we do, except that they have a different entity. I'm done. Thank you, Sister Eliana. Uh, if I may, oh. if I may, Sister Eliana, I got yes, one sir. little, I'll make it real, real quick. All right. Go ahead. Uh, yes. As far as Satan, he doesn't care if you do it willingly or ignorantly. Worship him. He's going to take as many of us down as he can right along with him. Uh, and so we we have to, it's the Holy Spirit. From how the scriptures describe the Holy Spirit, it's supposed to be enlightenment. Um you protect yourself when you know how the devil moves. Uh, what uh, if he if if he's the very opposite of God, but he's trying to be like God, pretend to be an angel of light. You know, and and if once you know how he's going to move, then your your eye, your third eye, will be open, watchful for him, right? So yeah, some of these pastors, they mean good. They they absolutely mean good. They're, they're, um, uh, I try to be real brief. They they mean good. That they're, they're they're teaching how it was taught to them, and the person that taught to them is it was teaching from who taught it to them. These are what's being taught in our churches. It's nothing like freestyle new that they're. Man, our ancestors who were uh, uh, living in, in the master's backyard was basically had the same sermon. Um, you know, a lot of them. I know it's, it's it's a little crazy nowadays, but the basic message that the church brings is just be thankful be, be that you woke up this morning. Uh, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, you know, in a nutshell, they just it's a bunch of praise. Uh, praising God that you woke up, right? And we were discussing how that feeling just kind of go over the church when when the pastor, uh, even though he may eat a pork chop sandwich and, and you know crab salad after church, uh, the the message overall was just y'all be thankful, give glory to God and Christ for making it away, you right? Because uh, here we are Ooh. in this land. Yeah, here we are in this land, and we woke up today to fight the next, you know, fight. But I guess in a nutshell, what what we're talking about tonight is the ignorance, though. There's a it's, there's so much more in this book to learn, but for some reason we stay just on that message alone, and and the rest of the scriptures were seen foreign, and these people are crazy talking about keeping the law. But where did that come from? Well, it's there in the book, but y'all. They never go over these things. They never talk about that thousand year. What's gonna the end game? The end game tells what the whole book is. You know, it falls in line. Talk about the end game more. Pastor Castle, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Uh If I may, Sister Elena, real quick before you go to the next co-host, what this brother just stated, whether you knowing or unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly. Things take place. What he stated in regard to pastors teaching what they've been taught. When we get to the second half of the show, you're going to find out why. Because he is so on it with that. 
Seth is so honored with that. But here's the problem, and here's the reason why I come I did this show and we're doing this show. And John Clark alluded to it in his comment. I want to give you the information based upon the emphasis that you're getting right now from the church and from Christianity specifically, as I said, pop Christianity. I want to give you the information so you, just like a registered voter in the United States of America, before you pull that ballot, you're able to make an informed decision. Because the biggest problem that exists within almost all of religion right now it's misinformation. So this show exists now, previous, and in the future to correct the misinformation. The Bible says, be you not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Brother Seth, I hear you loud and clear, loud and clear but we must be aware that we cannot be nostalgic of what we had in the past because we're in a new day. And those services, those people, I dwelt among them. And I understand what Seth is saying. But I also understand what Brother Castleberry is saying. And what John said was very important. These people that we're speaking of, when you're talking about people who are false apostles, they do this with intent and conscience. Back to you, Sister Eliana. All righty. Um, we have someone requesting to come uh, online, uh, 513-331-6925. If, they're not, if you haven't called in, you need to call into the show and put your hand up, press number one in order to be included in the conversation. That is, uh, that, no, that's, uh, that's uh, Brother uh, Purcell. Oh, Go okay. Ahead, Purcell. okay. Then let's, uh, let's let Brother Purcell comment in this stream of comments before we go to the break. Yeah, his line was open. I don't know. Just start talking, Purcell. Thank you, so, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sister Eliana. I appreciate you. Yes. Um, listen, I want to say I know I was kind of Eddie Spaghetti lost in the sauce, so I uh, had some technical difficulties. We was trying to get the program through the phone, and I mean through the car, and for whatever reason it wouldn't connect. But anyway, I want to address uh, what uh, Brother Elishua said, man, I want to say this. This is all I'm going to say. If you could believe that. This is all I'm going to say. Man, you so eloquently put together the state of the body of Christ. End quote. I'm finished with that one. I want to also address Something that Brother Castleberry said. Brother Castleberry simply, without referencing, referenced the scripture that talks about uh, those who esteem the traditions of men higher than the word of God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm. Mm. Awesome, mm. awesome, awesome. Well, I would like to... Sister Elena, I want you to give your comment and your response as well. But real quick, I have to do something. Brother Purcell, can you hear me? Yes, sir. 
Okay, first of all, thank you for your words, your kind words. I really appreciate that. And I asked Brother Seth to make sure you were on the line tonight because I owe you an apology. Because on the last show that we had, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. He says, remember, every joint supplier, and there are various gifts. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we're not yeah. all oriented the same. Brother Purcell has a pastor's heart. And as one who is motivated prophetically, I have to keep that in mind. And last week, I think that when we made, when the allusion was made to Israel and how that not being important, you have to understand, I live, breathe, and bleed Israel. Uh, and hold I on a second, I'm sure. Hold, hold it, a second, I'm sure. Somebody just made... Mm-hmm. The, Again, everybody, I can't meet all these lines. Then when Ella she'll call, y'all it's going to be delayed. So just this quick interruption. Please mute us if you're not talking. Just mute us. Then because we're not having a lot of back and forth, so just go ahead and mute us. Everybody that's not talking until we call. Go ahead, brother. Uh, uh, Please forgive me, Seth. Yeah. Please forgive me. Just getting home, but that was me. I apologize. Okay, go okay. ahead, brother. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and so – when you were speaking, I could see, I'll go back and I'll listen to every show. Like when I get off the night, I'm going to turn this show on. So as I'm getting ready and getting prepared for bed, which doesn't really happen until about 6 in the morning, <laughs> but I'm going to be listening to this show. And when I listened to last week's show, the Holy Spirit was saying, your position was correct, but your zeal almost got the best of you. And that's your brother, and you need to apologize to him. Because the way that you responded, for some, might have took that as a mean. And for that, I am sincerely sorry. Back to you, Sister Eliane. Awesome. Well, I want to reserve my comments for later. I'd like for us to go to a little break. I'd like everybody uh, to think did, about... Did Pastor Chris, I didn't want to interrupt you there, Sister Eliane, but Pastor Chris says on. I don't know if anything I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm going to just continue to listen, sir. I can't see the hands that go up. So did you want to comment before the break? But I I have to say that I'm in agreement with Elliot Shua. Awesome. All right. Well, let us go then to a short break. And uh, this is getting very juicy. And I know that, um, Brother Elishua is going to take it up another notch in the second segment of the show. So let's take a break and come back. Okay, folks, again, you've been – thank you, Sister Eliana. Everybody, again, thank you for your patience. You've been tuning to the Five Swoops Song Network. I'm Brother Seth. We have Sister Eliana Batia, all the way in Mercy, California. You have the one and only Elishua Ellison in Texas somewhere, Brother John, also Texas, Brother – Persep in Ohio, uh, Brother Kenwin Casselberry, also in Texas, and Pastor Chris, if I didn't. It's a lot of calls on the Everybody's on the night. So I just thank you for everybody for, for coming out and making this show a great show so far. Brother LSU, you're doing your thing. I love it, love it, love it. All right, folks. Um, I just want to remind everybody, those of you on the phone lines, you can get in on the action. Yes, you can. All you need to do is just press 1. And we'll bring you on, okay? Just press one, we'll bring you on. Don't be ashamed, don't be shy. There's no right or wrong answers. You may want to compliment the brother. Those of you that's listening online, remember, 
you're going to have to simply call the phone number in front of you in order to get in on this. Uh, that's 914-205-5590. Uh, I to do something a little different, um, play a little theme music, and then we're going to talk about some shows that's to come. So Sister Eliana and Brother um, Purcell is going to give us about a 20-minute intro on what's happening uh, tomorrow and on Sunday. So just give us about 30 seconds here. We will be uh, broadcasting on Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Five Smooth Stones Network. Salt Life Kingdom Ministries on the Five Smooth Stones Network, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in as we continue in the vein of the state of the body of Christ. I want to, we, we had something that came out in our last show where we talked about Babylon. So I want to talk a little bit about Babylon and I want to talk about Daniel uh, uh, being captured by the Babylonians and how, what his stance was um, I want to share from the scripture, Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8. Um, so we're going to get into it a little bit. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to stick with it because it's in my spirit, this whole state of the body of Christ thing. We're going to talk about a little bit about what I referenced tonight with Brother Castleberry. Um, the scripture that talks about esteeming the traditions of men higher than the word of God. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about matters of the heart. We, we alluded to it last week a little bit, and we did not uh, get a chance to uh, tackle that issue or talk about it. But I believe, I believe that the state of the body of Christ is a matter of the heart. And we're going to get into it a little bit on Thursday night. So tune in again, 9 o'clock, 
on the Five Smooth Stones Network. Nine o'clock Eastern Time. Salt Life Kingdom Ministries on the Five Smooth Stones Network. Nine o'clock Thursday night. See you there. All right, and this is Sister Eliana Batya, and I'd like for you also to know that on Sunday evenings, 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Central, 12 Eastern, uh, I will be hosting Best Shalom Mashiach, the Wisdom of Torah. Uh, We are doing open forum, uh, three segments, tackling different issues each uh, Sunday evening. Would love for you to tune in to the Five Smooth Stones Network. Sunday evening, 9 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Network, this is Brother Seth, and we're going to go back to the phone lines and bring on the one and the only moderator, Sister Eliana Badia. Sister Eliana, your line is open, and I'm opening up everybody else's line. Go right ahead, Sister. All right, well, welcome back to the Five Smooth Stones Network. This is Eliana Badia, and we are having a wonderful time listening to and learning from and discussing church history with the one and only Elishua. And we want him to continue uh, in his second segment, uh, giving us deeper knowledge and better understanding. Go ahead, brother. Uh, Thank you, Sister Eliana. Uh, uh, Brother John, did you locate that scripture for us, sir? I did and was able to get off a mute much quicker than I did previously. So let me go ahead and pull that up. (laughs) Put on my spectacles one moment. Have it. All right. Go ahead for us and expound. uh, This is Acts. I'm going to Acts 20. And I'm going to pick up at 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. So we know who he's speaking to the overseers of the flock to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, 
to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And um, I'll stop there. And simply put, this is Paul letting the leadership know what was to take place upon his death, which would be wolves, which he's speaking of the wolves as persons coming from the outside, coming in to accomplish whatever their will might be, which is contrary to the will of God, but doing that amongst the flock or the parishioners, if you will. But also within the flock, within the the uh, called out assembly, would be people who rise up within amongst ourselves who will attempt to make disciples of the people that are already amongst them and lead them off based on whatever wind of doctrine. And so uh, we know that Paul, <laughs> he, was, he was alive during the time of the Messiah, and his ministry took place after, uh, you know, in the first century following the death of the Messiah. It's 2,000 years ago, folks. This has been going on since then, and we see that. We see that today. We see that people are coming in for, uh, to, to not just, quote, unquote, the physical church or uh, the body of Christ, but they're coming in with philosophy uh, for the express purpose of making disciples because the more disciples you have, the bigger your pot is, and that's what some people want. They are after the filthy lucre um, and think that uh, if we consider uh, the whole thrust of what Elishua is talking about today, uh, that being church history, we should understand that even what we speak of now, people will try and throw us in and say that we're speaking a doctrine of a devil. This is every wind of doctrine. But the deception began 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Just because this is taken on um, more and more uh, popular uh, or mainstream discussion, it does not mean that the deception is starting now or deception started 10 years ago or with, you know, 40 years ago. The deception started 2,000 years ago, as stated by Paul and also as stated by the Messiah when his disciples asked him, "How? when will we know of your coming and when will these things take place? He said, do not be deceived. <laughs> First thing he said don't be deceived. There's going to come people in my name saying that I am Christ. And that has taken place over the last 2,000 years. Sister Eliana. Awesome. Wonderful. Oh. That was beautiful. All right. Um, Thank you. Yes. Go ahead, Brother Elishua. Okay. Sister Elishana, you wouldn't get your input from the last section if you wanted to give it. Please feel free to do so. <laughs> All righty, all righty. Well, my input is simply this. We are in 
a situation and a time of enlightenment, obviously. There there have been dark ages and dark times, especially for our people. Since we were taken um, into captivity, we discontinued for, from our inheritance. And we are at a time of being awakened by the Ruach. And at this time, we are learning more about those things that held us captive, uh, we understand that Christianity is a relatively new religion, and the Most High did warn our father Abraham, our forefather, that we would follow after religions that our forefathers never understood, never knew. But now that we are waking up to our identity and the fact of who we are and what has happened, we are also returning to a better of understanding the connection we have with the Most High, which is not a religion, but a relationship. So the history that we're understanding tonight serves as a springboard for our understanding. It, it should be something that begins to stir within us and prompt us to do our own further study so that we can unlock the mysteries that we want knew that our ancestors knew that our nation knew and the and, and the complicated relationship to the most high the creator of all things so getting this understanding which we never received in the churches because the churches were formed by the overseers on behalf of us a people we were only allowed to teach three things and those three things kept us in a loop and a spiral of bondage that many are still continuing in their practice of religion, in their effort to bring about uh, community, uh, spiritual guidance with a lack of knowledge. Therefore, we must study to show ourselves approved unto the Most High Yah workmen and workwomen who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Turn it back over to you, Elshua. Whoa. Sister Elisha. I mean, Sister Eliana. I named the similar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seems like this for Barbara is spying on all cylinders tonight. All right, people. Here we go. Matthew chapter 13. This is the confirmation of what uh, uh, John stated earlier uh, in regard to the warning that Paul gave the church in regard to what things would take place, how thieves and robbers would come in after he had departed. And you're going to get a similar warning here from the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And, oh, let's just go with it. Matthew chapter 13. Oh, let me say this before I get into this. Brother Casterberg, you still on the line, sir? Still there, Sister Eliana, is his hand still Hold on, hold on, my ba- hold on. I muted everybody because of the noise. So just everybody, he's going to have to call your name and I'll unmute you. So go ahead, Brother uh, Kenwin. Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay, what I want you to do, follow me real closely here because you you stated on a very vital point. And, and Steph gave way to that conversation by his comments, and it's extremely important because it says stated, and as I had read how that this things happen subtly, you see, the problem did not begin in our generation. 
nor the previous generation. As John stated, this problem began after the disciples gave up the ghost. And that's when things begin to go awry. And so what you have now in the seminaries and schools of theology, for which I attended, you have them basically disseminating information based upon the misinformation that actually began 2,000 years ago. So all they're doing is following suit of what they're being taught, but in doing so, they're perpetuating the religious lie propaganda from generation to generation to generation. And they are not conscious that they are doing or they are promoting heresy and false doctrine. And what makes the deception, and this is what I said, what I was saying in regards to Seth, and I was telling John this the other day, I said, Seth is bit no more Christian than I am white. And I said, and this is how I know why. And I say this not to embarrass my brother, but he'll testify to this. Because when we talk about Seth Turner, we're talking about a deep individual. Remember, he is the one who created this show. As a matter of fact, there are a number of us. As a matter of fact, we all know each other, and the common factor is Seth Turner. So we ain't talking about a lightweight. And the reason why I come set has issues when he goes into churches is real simple. They're going against the grain of what he believes. He's there, and they have no clue. Which means that his thinking has transcended that of Christianity. And when we know better, we have potentially to do better. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, the same day, went out Yahshua out of the house and sat by the steep side. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some seeds fell. I am reading the wrong parable. I am so sorry, y'all. <clears throat> I was supposed to read the parable of the weeds. Okay, I'm sorry. Thirteen twenty-four. Another parable put he forth. Brother Elishua. Twenty-four. Yes, sir. Please forgive me. Uh, I was away from the phone when I heard you make a comment. I want to uh, uh, do a ten-second interjection, if that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just so, because I got a lot of people listening. I don't want people to be to be misunderstood. He is right. I am no more a Constantine Christian. Christian than he is a white person. But what everybody, what most people think of a Christian, oh, he's a Christian, that means he reads his Bible, go to church. In their definition, I am a Christian. I'm of Christ, but I am not of constant Christianity. Go right here, brother. All right. The parable of the weeds, verse 13, chapter 13, verse 24. And another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seeds in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou, thou sow good seed in thy field? And from whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. 
The serpent said unto him, Without then that we go and gather them up. But he said, No, lest you gather up the tares, and you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the time of harvest. And in time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together the first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them and to burn them, but gather the wheat into my bone. Very significant at time about that particular passage of the scriptures, that particular uh, reference to these events is the time. He said, let it grow. What did John say? He said, this started 2,000 years ago. He said, let it grow until the time of harvest. And the time of harvest is at the time of the last coming in of souls. At the end of the time of the Gentiles, when the full portion of Gentiles will come in. We are in that day, people. We are transcending into time. So now, let's see what the, what the Most High, I'm sorry, what Hamashiach meant by this parable as he explains it to the apostles and the disciples. Verse 36, Then Yahweh sent them the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Jehoshaphat HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. He sowed the good seed. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. He's making a distinction between two groups of people that exist within the kingdom. So he said the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of as John alluded to, of the wicked one. They worship Satan. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. Do a word study check, and that means ministers, messengers. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. Sister Eliana? We burning some strange fire. Hmm. Strange fire. So he said, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom. And so people don't get thrown off by the word angels. When you look it up in the Greek, the word means messengers. And they shall gather out of his angels all the things that offend, and then that which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire that shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous, only after we this happens. Brother Purcell said, if, if, if the salt has less, lost the Savior, it has no benefit. The salt has lost the Savior. And we need to determine what's going on so we can get it back. Because he says that once we make this separation, all the can I put it? The, the imaginations that each and every one of us hold about the power and the authority and the dominion of the kingdom will be revealed. But we've got to get this mess out the house first. Then shall the right to shine forth as the Son, where is this at? In the kingdom of the Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. But remember what he's doing this, what, what's happening. He says that 
These things shall be gathered out of his kingdom, all things that offend and them which do iniquity. We cannot continue to let the elephant sit over there in that corner and act like we don't see it. Everybody on this line just came in, 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 in agreement that what I described as proper Christianity is literally the state of the church. So we can't just keep acting like it don't exist and thinking that it's going to get better and change with time. No, we have to consciously begin to take steps to bring correction to the misinformation. Uh, next scripture, and oh, oh, Father, uh, we're going to the book of Acts. As soon as I can find my notes. Okay, the book of Acts. Ah, help me hold it up. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Uh, Brother John made a reference to about persecution. When Stephen was stoned, as a result of that, that broke out a persecution against the church, and many of the saints flee. And this is what this is recording. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, Antioch spoke to the Grecians, preaching Yahweh HaMashiach, Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto Yahweh Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. Make note of that in your mental notebooks. The church was in Jerusalem. Because you're going to find out before the events of things that are about to take place, that church has moved from Jerusalem to Constantinople. And at that time, it stopped being the way and became a new religion called Christianity. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of Elohim of Almighty God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto Yahweh unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord, then departed Barnabas to Tyrus for to seek Saul, Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And when you heard what Paul, John uh, Clark spoke of earlier in regard to the warning that Paul gave, all these events were taking place in Antioch. So Paul saw something coming that the church didn't see. And so as one of the head and leaders of the church with the apostolic authority and prophetic understanding and wisdom, he told them, beware, beware. And that's the standard we best to find out where that strange fire came from. I'll tell you a little bit about the city of Antioch. Antioch was founded near the end of the 4th century B.C. by Celius one Nectar, one of the Alexander, Alexander the Great's generals. When Alexander the Great met his demise, the, king, the Roman Empire was divided among his four generals, and, and Sulius was one of them. As generals, as one of the four cities in the Suleids of Syria, 
The city's location offered geographical, military, and economic benefits to its occupants. See, sometimes when we read the word, we forget that there is a backdrop of civilization that is taking place within the context of these events. And so it has to be clear, because many times when people read the Bible, they forget about that. And so they think that the word came to them in a vacuum. No. The Bible says that, the scripture says that in the fullness of time, Yahweh sent forth his son, Yahweh shot Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ, into the world. Well, what made it the fullness of time? It was a thing called the Roman Empire because it was the first empire on the planet that did not displace its citizens and bring them into their home city or home base. But what it did, it had set over certain providence and over certain states, leaders and rulers and kings. And that's how we have King Herod, who is the king over Judea at the time. Now, and at that time, it says that the population of Antioch reached between somewhere between 200 and 500,000 people, making it the third largest city in the empire after Rome and Alexander. Brother, this is like New York, Chicago, L.A. It was also the main center of Hellenistic Judaism. If you've been listening to this broadcast, by now you have some type of brief fundamental understanding of Judaism. Judaism is the religion that now the people who call themselves Jews but are not, that's what they practice. And they practice rabbinical Judaism, which is actually removed from Hellenistic Judaism. And it's not removed a step in the positive, it's removed a step in the negative. And at the second end, it says, so Hellenistic Judaism at the end of the second temple period. This is after Herod had rebuilt the temple. Antioch was part of the patriarchy and was called the cradle of Christianity as a result of its longevity and the pivotal role that it played in the emergence of early Christianity. The Christian New Testament asserts that the name Christian first emerged in Antioch. Now, let's find out where it came from. Uh, one moment, yeah. Ella Short. We do have a caller who was in the okay. chat, and okay. I encouraged him to call in. Uh, Wait, Ciela, I, don't think, I don't think it's, it's a, this, this is not that person, just so you know. But if that oh, person okay. call in, we would love that as well. Please call in. But, no, this is another caller. So you want me to get All it right, open up? Please, please, please screen the caller Because if they're not on this subject I don't want to get distracted Because I have a little ways to go And we're nine minutes to ten o'clock go I'm ahead of you I, I already did that You got you Trust me at some point Okay, all right Caller, you're on the line uh, Your line is open uh, Erico 513-602 Go ahead and let us know your name and what city you're calling from, and how did you hear about the show? Hello, everybody. This is Arlene from DFW, uh, Chef's Wife, and I just wanted to say hello to all the panel. It's great to hear all of you together again, just hearing all these (laughs) wonderful, wonderful things you're sharing. I'm learning a lot, and uh, I just wanted to say it's just great to hear uh, everybody sharing and just being able to uh, help the church to grow. Um, I would like to say just uh, quickly that 
Um, I'm learning a lot, like I said. You guys are very intense Bible scholars, and uh, I had to get out my Bible and read the scriptures <laughs> along with you just so I was able to keep up. But I, I just know that in my heart of hearts, you know, I, I remember there's a scripture that says that men will be lovers of self more than lovers of God. We're definitely living mm. in that time. But as Christ uh, said to the disciples after they started falling away, will you leave me too? And, and Peter, I think, said, well, Lord, where will we go and to whom? And I, I feel like that now. So I know that he said he would build his church on the rock of revelation from the Most yes. High. And so that's yes. how we are to live today. He reveals to us how to access the things that he's provided for us. And I'm just so thankful. And then just one more caveat about the music. I remember when Kirk Franklin first came out, I remember, you know, doing Moonwalk and doing the Dougie and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this gospel music? And I believe that <laughs> I believe we're supposed to have I believe we're supposed to have fun. And so I believe that the genre of gospel entertainment is alive and well, but I know that there's music that makes me want to lift my hands and to worship the most high. So I know there is a difference. And it's time for people to be able to know that difference for themselves, trust the Holy Spirit to lead and to direct them, and that's how he's building his church. I'm enjoying all of y'all tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arlene. (laughs) All right, we'll turn it back to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Again, thank you so much for your words, Sister Arlene. We really, really, really appreciate you. And we thank you for keeping the, the, the... the architect of this show in check, because we know he does. We know you do. <laughs> no. And I was serious. And I was serious with you all. This family, Brother Seth and Sister Arlene, we go back a long way. I think if I can remember, I was the best man at Seth's wedding when him and Sister Arlene got married. And what a beautiful couple they are. So, but uh, again, I just thank you, my sister. You know, I ain't got number love for you. <laughs> <laughs> and matter of fact, another point, a personal point, when I was here, here. My, diff- most, my most difficult, when I tell you the most difficult time of my life, I have literally been in prison twice. I have served time behind that concrete jungle. But nothing that I experienced behind that concrete jungle was what I experienced when I lost my child. And literally, when I was at the point of literally, I have never been to this point in my life, and I've been saved like 35 years, and I was at the point of literally, I was so overwhelmed with grief that I was literally at the point of contemplating turning my back on the Most High. And the name dropped in my spirit, Arlene Turner. You need to talk to her right now. And when I called Sister Arlene, I can't go into the details of the conversation, too personal, some things that you all wouldn't understand unless you really, like she just said, got revelation for the spirit. But she told me something, and that sustained me. And I'm here talking to you today because Hallelujah. she was walking in the spirit and is a woman of God. Hallelujah. She did not hesitate to speak the word of God, regardless of how crazy it might God. sound. She just spoke Hallelujah. to the Lord. And I give him praise Hallelujah. and glory and honor for her. Hallelujah. Praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you better let me. You can break out in a dance if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. It's all right. It really is all right. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, oh, crazy father. Purcell, yes, were you we, trying to say something? We will. We will. We didn't wait too late to Thank have church, because believe me, we no, will have no, church. So let's get to the scripture real quick. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. So, well, thank you, caller. Here we go. Appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. Brother, uh, Purcell, you have something? Can I No. I just, okay. I, I'm with, I'm with uh, Arlene. You <laughs> know, I, I'm just, uh, mm. I'm just giving uh, God the glory. Father, we give you praise. You know, anytime we honor we Him, give you praise. Yeah. we give you praise. We give you praise. You know, we give you praise. Because we Because you do it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I believe yeah. as the moderator, uh, I give you glory. a little give time glory. worship is in order at this time. <laughs> let us let mm. worship the Most Very High well right put. now. Hallelujah! Praise let's you, Father. Give we give you glory. glory. We give you praise. Give honor. Let's give Him praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Holy Ghost. We worship you, Holy Ghost. Forever. Ah, you give you praise. I give you praise. Glory to the Most High. Mm. Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. There, y'all. Uh, uh, forgive mm. me, Brother John. I was trying to mute as many calls as I could, and I know Purcell had his hand up. Go ahead, Brother John. Praise you. Father. I was just saying, three praise minutes you. to ten. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you. Again, those of you that are on the phone line, you have 90 seconds. The lady just said in my ear, you have 90 seconds. If you're listening on the phone lines, you did not call the phone number. In order to keep listening to this broadcast, you'd have to call the phone number uh, right there in front of you, 914-205-5590. We're only contracted to 10 o'clock, so those of you on the phone lines, of course, don't move because you won't be able to get back in if you hang up. But those of you that's listening online, you have to call the show to continue listening. Otherwise, you got to wait till it's over, and then you have to forward to, to, to this portion of the show. Again, so call the phone number, 914-205-5590. Back to you, moderator. Mm. Yes. All righty. Well, let's, uh, we were, had a moment where the most side came in, and it's so beautiful. We want to continue allowing our speaker to go ahead, but we thank the Father for Sister Arlene coming in, bringing a a fresh wind, a breath air into this broadcast tonight. Mm. So all praise to the most high. Uh, Sister Eliana, Sister Eliana, Brother brother Steph, I feel compelled in my spirit to end the show. I can pick up where I left off next week, and I just think that the wisdom of the Holy Spirit has basically said, we're good. We're good. We can pick up next week on this. I got more information. Uh, believe me, you have to go a while before we run out of information around here. So we're going to pick up on this second half, and we're going to jump right into it next week. Uh, but right now, everyone, with your last closing comments, uh, please come forth, because um, be far from me when the Holy Spirit speaks to do otherwise. And uh, it didn't take a rocket scientist to know that the Holy Spirit just dropped upon us just there, and literally. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, Sister Eliana, it's in you. It's in your hands, my sister. Alrighty. So we want to have every every one of our um, co um, hosts to please give uh, just about a you know thirty second last minute comment. I'll go first and oh. watch the phone lines again. Uh, Brother Lashore, I'll, I'll end the show with this very good show, very good information. I already said it earlier. 
But you mentioned earlier, I know something that's going to be cause a question. You said there's such a thing as a biblical Jew. I think I know what you mean by that, but some people probably don't. If you could answer that question, if you want to wait till next week, that's fine. But that's my time. No my, such thing as a time what? to ask you that question. No such thing as a biblical Jew. No such thing as a biblical Jew. Yeah, you said no such. Oh thing no no no! What I meant by biblical Jewish. Remember the Jews, modern day contemporary times we living in. They say, they call, refer to themselves as being Jewish, meaning that they follow <laughs> or supposedly the beliefs that the Israelites and specifically the Jews follow in the Bible. So when they say that we're Jewish, well, in the Bible, you don't see that word Jewish. What you have for what they describe is how they identify themselves is that they are called proselytes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Eliana? Somebody just sneezed. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. Close all the lines. Uh, but go ahead, Sister Eliana. Your line is open, of course. But uh, let's go to, uh, just because I'm looking at the phone board. So let's just go to uh, Brother Kenwood next. All right, all right. I had a um, scripture I wanted to read, brother. All right. Uh, Isaiah 30. And I'm going to start at verse 7. For the Egyptians shall help in vain, and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. Now go write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, See not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy to see. All right. And, uh, yeah, mm. let that marinate. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thank y'all for letting me, uh, come on the show and speak a little two cents and, uh, it was good to be on the show. Thank y'all, and uh, see you next time. All right. Brother Kim, thank you. Thank you very much, brother. Go on to Brother John now. Very good show. Uh, brother Castleberry, perfect scripture to sum up the yes, indeed. Uh, show description. The show description. See or don't see. Tell us. Just, just show us the things that make us feel warm and fuzzy. The prophet don't prophesy. Just tell us nice anecdotal stories that do not let us know the impending doom. Uh, perfect scripture. Um, looking forward to doing this more next week. You all have a good rest of your evening. Okay, and Appreciate I do you, apologize. Y'all, Sister Aldana normally does this, but there was so much noise that the mute everybody. She can't see which lines are muted or not, so I'm not overstepping my bounds. I'm just trying to hone on that noise. It's a pretty quiet show. One of the quietest shows we did because of me doing just this. So just know that, everybody. Uh, going back to the phone lines, Brother uh, Purcell, Porsche, final words. Then we're going to go to Alessia um, uh, 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 Eliana and Brother Elishu handle who goes after, after Purcell since he's the last one. Go ahead, Purcell, please. All right. Uh, great show. Great show, uh, uh, Brother yeah. Elishu. Great show, man. Um, great Thank content, you, great content, man. This this is so so 
so meaty and relevant. Uh, and I'm just grateful for uh, 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 Sister Arlene's input. She just came in and was a just, just a, as a spark. She came in as a spark to the Holy Ghost, and I yes. and for that I'm yes. grateful. Uh, and I really, really appreciate Sister Eliana's sensitive, being sensitive to the Spirit enough yes. to recognize yes. Yes. Thank you. that it was in order for us to be able to go before the throne in worship. Um, that, for me, right there, that's apex for me. That's apex. Because mm. all we really did for future shows is we created a seat. Uh, you don't hear what I'm saying. We created a seat. <laughs> we created a seat. We we created a seat. Now every hearer that's on this line knows that you got some people on here that's meat for the master's use. Because anytime you allow God to be God. Mm, and the word to be the word And the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to take preeminence Amen mm. we, hey, we are in a wealthy place The Five Foods mm. Network is a wealthy place We are Thank in you, a Father. wealthy place Hallelujah We are in a wealthy place Thank And I'm God. excited I'm excited Hallelujah. I'm excited oh. about what God is doing I'm excited about what God has done, but most of all, I'm so excited about what he's going to do. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward with great expectation. I said on the last show that I believe that God is raising up a remnant. Amen. I believe he's raising up a remnant that will continue to contend for the faith, that will be steadfast, unmovable, and continue to abound. In the work of the Lord So because we know That our labor Of love Is not in Not vain. in vain Hallelujah Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God is glorified God is glorified tonight God has been glorified On tonight In every aspect of the show He's been Thank glorified. You, He's got the glory tonight. Say what you want. Say what you want. Some trust Thank in chariots. Some Hallelujah. trust in horses. Praise you. Praise you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I went to Sister Eliana's hand. Yes, and my comment is, I am the that he let thee mm. I am your healer mm. ah, I sent my word ah, and I, I healed you your disease ah, hallelujah. I hallelujah. am hallelujah. I give you praise, your Ah, you're worthy, Father. We give all the you're praise worthy, and all the honor and all the glory worthy, to Father. the Most High God. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you praise. 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 We
coming together for what he's doing. And we know that it's only going to get greater and greater and greater, as Brother Porcel Porchet said tonight. Have your way, Most High God. Be exalted in our midst, the glory due unto your righteous, holy name. It's in your hand, Brother Elishua. Uh, Brother John, if you can uh, get a hold of uh, Brother Ellis Shaw, uh, why he's getting hold of Brother Ellis Shaw, Sister Elia, thank you very much. Okay, everybody's line is muted. Sister Elia, thank you for that song, very powerful song. It's going to match, actually, the song I'm going to play at the end. I'm ending with this song. Uh, Brother John, uh, your line is open. I know Ellis Shaw's lines always drop this time of day. So, uh, Brother Ellis Shaw, uh, go ahead, final, and we're wrapping up, folks, in less than two minutes. But y'all don't hang okay. up this song. It's going to be very relevant. Go ahead, brothers. Okay. Well, uh, again, thank everyone. The people on the panel of our brothers, my sister Eliana, and I especially thank the people who tuned in for the show. Just know that we endeavor to bring you the best and high-quality show that we can. Uh, we have some glitches that we work on, but bear with us. But remember this, Yahawashat HaMashiach. Jesus Christ reigns supreme. I'll see y'all next week when we'll pick up second half. Yes, Back yes, yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Brother Ellis Shaw. Nothing else needs to be said. I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. See you on, tomorrow, uh, on Thursday night. Check out this song, y'all. This is totally relevant to what we're saying. Uh, saying, I trust you, y'all. So when we say praise, y'all, hallelujah, we saying praise, y'all. This song is saying, I trust you, y'all, the same, y'all. Good night. You know it's written that the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to those who endure to the end. And I shall endure, for I trust in him. Hear me now. I'm too far on this path to turn around. I won't let the tests and trials weigh me down. I will serve with all my heart, and I will press Don't
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.